From multiple rescheduled locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this year's GDC special, your nice hosts talk about the largest gathering for game developers that wasn't. And so, everyone's ready. Let's start. I liked your hand motions there, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I have to cue the remainder of your nice hosts because we're recording this episode differently than we normally do. And so I was the only one who heard the theme song just there. Yeah, it was real weird. It was so quiet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad we were still able to get the rhythm down. At least I hope. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, listeners will be the judge of that. Um, so uh, like everything else in the world, we're doing things a little differently now. Um, it's a virtual clubhouse, so we're each recording from our own homes, um, rather than from the clubhouse, which has actually been re- recently relocated to my home, so it's not that much different from me. <laughs> um, um, but uh, we should talk a little bit about uh, sort of the, our new normal, because we really can't avoid it. This is not a show that is about those things, but everything's about that right now. Yeah. That's true. Right? It's kind of yeah, our whole I mean, life. It's a, Yeah, it's a lot. It changes a lot of things. Like, I guess, like, this whole... Uh, for I guess I don't know how should we frame this. Like if you were to listen to this five years in the future, maybe yeah. I don't know. You're a five year old, and you're like, "What was I'm five, and what is this?" <laughs> and you're listening to Nice Games Club. <laughs> I guess I don't know. They really want to be game devs when they grow up. Uh-huh. Um, we we maybe we should frame like what is this happening right now? The oh sure, you, you want to say pandemic it is kind of interesting. going on. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I think when there's big news, it uh, there tends to be a kind of assumption that everyone knows what's going on. Right. But especially now, yeah, it, it is because it is affecting every person on the planet. And but you're right. Years from now, certainly our our show is one that is back catalog friendly. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, it does it does benefit us to actually recap. Yeah. So go go ahead, Stephen. So yeah, basically there is a uh, there's a virus going around. Um called what's it covid 19 it's uh it's very hazardous and it's causing a lot of issues i think we talked about it in the previous bullet nice games bulletin um i don't think we we've mentioned it. it on every episode the last four weeks yeah oh, um, well there we go like, but with 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 it's different each time yeah things are moving very fast yeah yeah it's ha- it happened really quickly and it's it's spreading to the point especially particularly in the united states it's spreading to the point where Everybody is uh, practicing social distancing, so they're they're working from home and they're not going out to bars or restaurants, um, mm-hmm. and they're just going maybe to get store or get food from the store or maybe mm-hmm. walk around, but like trying to avoid other humans so they don't spread the disease accidentally. Yeah. So because of because this is our GDC special, what we do every year is we record it right after. Uh, one or more of us gets back from the show and then we try to put out the episode as soon as possible the next day or so right. we're doing that again now even though there was no gdc um so listeners who listen to us as new episodes come out this is what we talk about here is going to be the reality for you or or close enough it's mm. going to be a day yes. or two away <laughs> things do change very things, quickly now things could move very quickly <laughs> yeah. um but i i was uh i was editing an episode recently uh, in the past week or so and what we were talking about then only we only a few weeks ago is already uh, you know not that we didn't see the path that was coming you know but it i think it's just so so different things are so different so yeah we're, you know we're not going to change our schedule to try to be more timely but i think it will be kind of interesting i think when people do hear our episodes and think like oh that's what we all thought and that's what the world was two weeks ago i hope that there's actually some value to that um because it's easy to forget how fast things move um, yeah. when, when your new normal is, you know, every couple of days, you have to completely update it where we're sitting now, we're recording this on March 22nd, 2020. We don't normally even ever mention the days we record, but that is sort of relevant here. Mm-hmm. The schools have been closed. Um, yeah. so oh, my mom, yeah. my mom is home now. Um, mm-hmm. and I think restaurants aren't supposed to do sit in service, so you can go pick up stuff from them, but you can't. Yeah. So earlier this week, uh, Dale and I celebrated our 21 years together, Aww. So, you know, um, a confetti over that. Uh, and <laughs> the past couple of years we've been, we just go to noodles and company and get noodles and then watch Star Trek in bed. It's like a really chill tradition we have. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and that was earlier this week, um, or almost a week ago. 
and uh, the noodles we were in was shut down. You could pick up. And, and even then I was thinking like, oh, some businesses are doing this now. But now it is every restaurant. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. so. And we're all stuck at home. So we actually don't know. Right? Right. <laughs> you know, it's that's, true. That's, it's really weird. Like you're not, you're not constantly. Well, I guess some people are constantly interacting with people. It's not like we don't have Twitter and social media and stuff. Yeah. But like if you're not on those things, you don't get news information. Right, um, right. Or at least, yeah, like for me, I would oftentimes get a lot of like information from like coworkers and mm-hmm. stuff. And so uh, and I don't interact with coworkers nearly as much since I'm also working from home. And it's weird that like I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of secluded from the news in some yeah. ways. Yeah, I mean, we get, I mean, I get all my news now from news sources. I no yeah. longer hear from people or see anything out in the world, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, I don't, like, I don't know if there, there's the, the restaurants in my neighborhood are fully closed or not. I right. can just assume they are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or that they only do takeout or whatever. But what about the ones that don't do takeout? Are they holding off or, and, you know, like, there's just so many, so much is happening. Yeah. At, grand, at the at granular level that you can't really hold all of it. So you have to make a lot of assumptions. And, of course, you just have to take in the news that's relevant to you uh, in order to sort of stay sane, I guess. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like it, there's there's a lot of things happening. So like yeah, just focusing on the things that pertain to you is 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 helpful, especially since like, you know, uh it can be scary to consider what might happen uh in in the future, in the near yeah. future. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's wild. It's really weird too like watching TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh watching new shows, like shows that are coming out like uh this week or whatever because like they're all shot in july last year or something yeah yeah because they're all like you know uh people are uh acting normally so they're like you know (laughs) walking around and interacting with people and giving people hugs and high fives and uh kisses and touching on the face and stuff and it's like (laughs) what are you doing you fools (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's coming for you (laughs) yeah well what's interesting is you know um there's a certain every now and again a TV show will try to be will predict some timely event like they all shoot months before they air so like sometimes they'll be like oh we'll do an episode about the Olympics and then like just crossing their fingers that the Olympics doesn't get canceled you know? <laughs> right like but I mean the Olympics are going to get canceled this year you guys yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't mean to pull that example out of a hat but, um, but I am really I'm really really fascinated by how we, we respond as a culture to this mm. because you know if something you know when tragedies happen when horrible things happen when wars happen you can kind of be like there's a part of the world that doesn't touch so it's not weird that like this epi- this TV show that takes place across spring 2020 isn't addressing something, right? Yeah. You can kind of let that, you can be like, okay, I'm sure, you know, we don't need to worry about that being, but like now there, it's such a universal experience mm-hmm. that I wonder how people will react to it. What are, um, will people, will, will culture, um, out of, for sensitivity reasons, avoid it? Um, not, uh, not trying to say, you know, not trying to do something that is insensitive or, uh, or glib, or will it, or, or will our culture just be all about this for the next couple of years? Yeah. As uh, you know, ultimately, even if we come through it at the end of the summer, um, you know, it's still going to be something that we talk about for years, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? it's it's it kind of reminds me of a comic book movie or TV show where like a large event had actually the Marvels movies specifically. Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's the big when uh, those aliens invaded New York in the first Avengers movie or whatever. Like I everybody references. <laughs> yeah. We were all there for that. Uh, <laughs> um, like everybody references it in future movies and they don't like describe it because like everybody. Well, yeah, uh, they assume that you have seen that movie. Um, you know, what's funny about that example is that there are uh, uh, people will complain very frequently that they don't mention it enough in, in later films. Oh, because they talk about the, the magnitude of that, and then like Ant Man or something doesn't really talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> like it, oh it doesn't, sure, it doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. But of course, you, you you can't make a movie that's just all about that forever. Mm. Even though our culture would be all about that forever. Yeah. So uh, uh, now that we have something that is, it's not aliens invading, but right, it's it I is mean, something that is viruses universal and, are pretty alien like to me. That's true. <laughs> 
Uh, and you know, I mean, the thing about it that that makes it not just universal, but but a universe universally scary is that you know, um, you know, government response has been lacking to various degrees all across the world, mm. um, and um, there's no vaccine for it yet, and so right. there's a lot of unknowns, and we'll we will know those facts as they come, but like uh, it'll be weird to not talk about it. You yes, know? yeah, it it will be weird. It would be weird to not talk about it. Yeah. Maybe that's the direction we'll be headed in. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, is this something that uh, games will address? I mm. mean, ga- games are not good at this kind of thing. No. You know, that address, like, even the games that are ostensibly anti-war don't talk about the real world, yeah. right? And, and so games that have political messages or talk about world events tend to come at them sort of perpendicular. Sure. Um, unless it's World War Two, and then <laughs> where the, the sort of... <laughs> We sort of we've we've sort of like baked in the 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 fault lines on that one. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting how people, especially small indie uh, developers, um, art projects, things that are for free on itch. Like I expect a ton of interesting works mm-hmm. uh, come or from this period and from people's experiences. Pandemic clones. Well, yes. I, <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's there will be probably a lot of people. Uh, I don't think this is what you meant, but like capitalizing on everybody's state of mind, right? <laughs> Not necessarily pre- in a predatory way, but in a way that is maybe less about having something to say and more like, like you know, catching the zeitgeist. I yeah. Suppose. I mean, that's not what I was trying to say, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It it. It it's wild. It it's wild. There's a lot of ways this can go, and uh, I'm looking forward to the future, so that we're not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and so I have this um, urban divination deck that I got just for funsies, uh-huh. and uh, today I did a reading, and for the present I pulled the raccoon, which means reclusive <gasps> and resourceful. Uh-huh. Which fits, yeah. and for the future, I pulled the crow, which are all very social and very loud. So in the future, <laughs> we're going to be very social and very loud. <laughs> Looking forward to our noisy future. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, you know, this is not a show about that, but I, I, I think we all kind of agreed we we want to talk about it, and we'll talk about it at the top of every show going forward for a little while. Um, when there's something to talk about. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the meat of what this episode is about, which is uh, the GDC that didn't happen. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird topic, but we've been doing GDC specials. This is our fourth uh, uh, since uh, our I guess it third one. Is. This is our fourth. I think it is. Um, yeah, we've been doing this for the last four uh, uh, GDCs, and... Uh, and previous episodes have had different formats. So, Martha, you did uh, interviews on Train Jam. I think the first GDC special we did. Yeah, and we um, did we did two specials that yeah, year because that's right. we it was were very ambitious. There was a lot of us in San Francisco at the time. So mm. that's right. You uh, and your boyfriend Dylan and I were all uh, uh, we did an episode together. Um, and was Dale in that episode? I don't. I, I, I don't think she don't, was there. I don't think she was there either. Yeah. Um, the last year, Dale and I were together, and we did, and we were both on the episode. And uh, the, we always um, recap interesting sessions, news from the show, what the expo's like, what's different from last year. This is totally different. It's kind of we're just talking about a couple of pieces of news that uh, are, have a different context now. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I I had a couple of meetings where I did some pitches. I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but the first thing is uh, what how GDC responded to the cancellation, which we've talked about in previous episodes, kind of the step by step cancellation that that it happened. That happened. <laughs> um, but what they they announced as a replacement is to say, oh well, well the people who are going to be doing some talks, let's if they record their talks at home, we will stream them on Twitch for free. And so a much reduced schedule, but a bunch of free GDC talks, which is actually kind of great. Um, did you guys watch any of them? I haven't mm-hmm. yet, but I'm planning to after we record. <laughs> yeah, where do you... I don't even know where you access those. Uh, it's just the GDC's Twitch account okay. and then their YouTube page. So like everything that goes on Twitch, it appears on YouTube two days later. Right. Um, so, so you can find it there. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes uh, so that you two can find them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I only watched like 
maybe three of the talks uh okay. like two on monday and one on wednesday or something and partly is because they're immediately available to watch later the, the <laughs> urgency was totally sapped from it mm-hmm. the fact that they were there is interesting yeah and it's a it's something that like i could totally see people demanding next year um that these things get live streamed even when it is you know uh, at moscone center yes i think that would be really great and mm-hmm. really good for um making gdc more accessible plus yeah. the cameras are already running so yes <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's i mean it would be extra setup but it would be yeah yeah less of a ask than i don't know than if they had nothing at all yeah, and you know, for for people who who who've watched the rec- uh, the in the GDC vault where they put all the talks, and then on YouTube they put, I would say, I don't actually, I'm just guessing, but something like twenty to thirty percent of the talks, maybe more even, go on go on YouTube eventually a month later for free. So there's tons of GDC content available for free already, um, but uh, they don't edit those; <laughs> they just turn the camera on for forty five minutes and turn them off. Right. So I I don't know what. Uh, how hard it would be to live stream a lot of that stuff, particularly because they've already shown a willingness, not just this week, but in prior years to uh, distributing a lot of that content. Uh, I, that's going to be a conversation. I'm sure that they'll, because I'm sure they want, they would love, I'm sure to give away all that, that content, but that is why people pay to go. So it's going to well, be kind of an interesting yeah, question for them. I was going to say, like, I don't know that GDC is interested in streaming the content largely because like a lot of the reason, yeah, like you said, Mark, a lot of the reason why people pay to go to GDC is to see the content or to get mm-hmm. access to the content early, yeah. um, a year early. So it's, you know, it's a significant amount of time. Um, and so I don't know how likely they would be to want to stream things unless there was such a giant ask and demand from the audience to, to for that to happen. Like, it yeah. makes sense for this year, right? But I don't know that they will continue to do this next year. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, uh, there is something else that GDC is doing, which is yes. something they call GDC Summer. Right. Uh, this was announced a couple of days ago. Um, and it kind of, everybody who was, like, eating up all the news about GDC, not everybody caught this news, I think. <laughs> like, it seemed kind of just like, because when they canceled the event, they said, uh, I mean, they never called it a cancellation. They said we're postponing it, right. and everyone was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, um, ultimately, uh, they did what they said they were going to do. They're rescheduling a smaller event uh, for uh, first week of August, I think, uh, thereabouts. Um, three days, two, a two-day expo, so smaller, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, fewer talks, uh, and uh, just because they don't have a lot of time to put it together, and they're still planning on doing a full GDC next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the question is is like is August too early to be asking everybody goodbye play I, tickets? I loved there was a joke on the Slack that was very yeah. very good the MSP Game Dev Slack, and uh, someone was like, "Don't you think August is a little too op- optimistic?" And then yeah. August, friend of the show, August was like, uh, "August is a little too optimistic." This <laughs> 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 is very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's the exact right response. It's like, oh, that's a wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, the their press release uh, included a little like we're going to continue to monitor this. But the truth, I mean, people make GDC plans well in advance. So right. I, I don't I, I mean, I'm sure they just did. They didn't want to put it to October. Like I, I this was probably just like they they felt like this was their best option. And, you know, who's to say that J- June rolls around and life begins again? And this yeah. isn't totally fine and enough for people to plan. So now it would be a good time to announce it and, you know, move it later, I guess. But I don't know. It just seems like it. I, it, I, I don't know how much they would lose by just giving up, but it seems really, really I, a lot of people I can imagine are just not interested in taking the risk of even even looking into to uh, to travel plans. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it does feel very soon. I guess, like, I actually probably could go to this one now that I uh, have more time to earn money to go to it. And I, but like, I, I, uh, I don't know how, um, I don't know how confident I am that like things are going to be better in August. So like, if things were to not get better by August, then I will have mm-hmm. spent a bunch of money for nothing, you know. Right, get that travel insurance, which yeah, a lot of us did not get <laughs> for this last week. Yeah, um, that yeah, like that would. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it though. Like I have been one. I w- I would like to go to a GDC again. I haven't gone to a GDC in in a, a, maybe four years. It might have been four years. Yeah, maybe since the first time you recorded one. Um, and so like I would like to go again, but I don't know that I want to go for this August one. Even yeah. if like even if everything ended up being good, like it wouldn't be the same experience. I imagine. I mean, it would be different, right? It would be different. And, um, uh, listeners remember the ancient times of two or three weeks ago when we, t- <laughs> we talked about uh, my plans to be in San Francisco last week right. uh, it, for the, sort of a lot of the alternate events that were happening. Because at that time, it still seemed like uh, like a feasible option, especially because there just were not going to be as many people there, right? So you could you could distance yourself a little bit. Um, but step by step, every one of those things got canceled. And even after GDC itself got canceled and then even after train jam got canceled and then my plans were, 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 uh, kaput, um, all of the sort of smaller events, very small events that were going to be held mostly for, uh, among locals and because they'd already booked a space and like, all right, uh, only a 10th of the people will come, but we'll still do it at one by one. Those all got canceled too. Mm-hmm. And so, but that idea of the, of the sort of this alternate gdc this unique one-time experience that's kind of the dreams back right gdc summer is that yeah right i mean i I mean i've been to the show for the past couple of years so it has a unique appeal to me as like this sort of unique thing but if you haven't been for a while then i could totally see why it's not that interesting to you right right i i see where you're coming from though yeah it will be a that's that's what you meant by a different experience it will be it will yeah it will be a different thing and maybe because like the people who are going are like, I don't know, hardcore GDC goers. <laughs> right, <laughs> they're like, right. They're like, uh, there'll be some um, um, com- camaraderie between all of them. And then yeah. maybe you can establish more uh, more intimate relationships with people in a way that like would be good for your indie development, you know, development stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plus, plus it's a lot cheaper. Like the, the passes are oh. maybe a third of the price well less, wow. than, less that? than that even less yeah. than that yeah i mean it's still it's still too expensive yeah <laughs> but, oh yeah but it's, you know it's it's not as bad as as the you know i can't i can't imagine i forgot the number it's so big <laughs> that, it normally, <laughs> right. that it normally costs uh-huh. <laughs> it's over two thousand dollars that usually yeah, costs, yeah. right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. which is just a staggering amount Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I got to avoid uh, uh uh like people are waiting for refunds. I think still, mm. um, but I got to avoid that because I I got a press pad uh uh for Nice Games Club for this year. Uh, a lot of good that did me, but I don't know that I would want to pay that much again. I think I do recommend. I've recommended in years past that like if you can swing it, like going once, you know, and, yeah. and like yeah, yes, it's a waste of money. But like it's a it is a unique experience, and if it's once once in your life, then maybe then that is I, I wouldn't. I mean, it's so such a stupid amount of money. But um, <laughs> I've gone every year, but I would not pay the full price every year. I like right. there's no justification for that. And yeah. If you can manage to get an indie pass, those seem like a good. Yeah, like, they do offer. They're still expensive, uh, but yeah, they do offer lesser passes, right? And those are those are those get more appealing the yeah. more more years you go, right? Yeah. Here's an interesting question: Are they offering press passes for the GDC summer? Well, uh, I found out about GDC summer through the press mailing list. Okay, so I'm I'm going to make that inquiry. <laughs> okay, cool. Let me know, and I'll apply with you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Maybe we can. Maybe we can all go. Yeah. Um. You know. Fingers crossed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But um. Yeah, it is sort of interesting uh, because next year they're you know they're still going to do a, sh- a full show next year. So um, I don't, it's, I don't that's know. what's it's, really surprising me about it too is like they're doing this smaller thing and then what six seven months later doing a, the main thing again. That's a yeah. Big but you swing. know the weird thing is 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 like Stephen, you were saying that it gives people the opportunity to 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 do some business development. Yeah, uh, you know. That's that's what GDC is to me now. Like mm-hmm. that's what it, that's the value it has for me. As much as uh, we've talked in years past about how like I love conferences for the talks, um, that is now just that's now pure entertainment for me at this stage. Yeah. Um, and one of the things they said in their announcement uh, for GDC Summer is that they're going to focus on uh, providing meeting spaces and matchmaking uh, more than they have in the past. Uh, but they've been not they've been very unspecific about yeah. what they mean by that. Yeah. But the thing is, is I, I've said it on the show. I've been very critical of GDC itself 
their efforts in this area. Right. You have to go to outside um, organizations, outside events, uh, different online systems, or just you got to just cold email people and say, hey, can we meet at a Starbucks? That's where a lot of the business gets done at GDC. And it's weird that GDC is not involved in a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this as a smaller event, maybe they this seems to be like a good way to give it some unique value. Um, but for someone like me, for a smaller indie where it's like, this is the time I can get these meetings because they're easier to get when someone has blocked their whole week for them <laughs> instead of just, you know, yeah. uh, sending an email and crossing your fingers, having another shot at it is kind of exciting. Yeah. Right. That's true. Uh, but it's going to depend on how many of these like publishers, platform holders and, you know, stakeholders and service providers, all these people who you'd want to meet with, are they going to be going to this thing? Yeah. I don't know. Do they see a big value in it? Right. Right. They all just had a bunch of uh, meetings over Skype, and they're probably like, "This was fine. <laughs> we didn't have to pay for airfare, right?" Yeah, it's Maybe. very possible. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, in the meantime, there were still uh, GDC didn't happen, but there were still award shows that happened in spite of yeah, that. Uh, yeah. The what's it? International. Let me look it up really quick. Is that IGF? Is it international? Or if you got me uh, turned around, Independent Games Festival. <laughs> Independent Games Festival. Yes, a short hike one. And then the one. other one that I forgot um, is the Game Developer Choice Awards. Right, where Untitled Goose Games won uh, Game of the Year. Yeah. So uh, I talked yeah. over you when you you said a, a short hike won yes. IGF, right? Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of the details here. Um, the there's the Excellence in Audio Award winner is Mutazone. That's, mm-hmm. the, uh, yes. that's the game that we were talking about uh, in another previous episode. It makes total sense. The music and sound design for that game is just so good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then yeah. in Excellence in Visual Art, a Knights and Bikes one. And I know yeah. Mark we're talking cool. about that game, yeah. Yeah, I met the designer at a previous GDC and oh. chatted with him after one of his talks. And this was well before the game was out. And it that game didn't do very well. Oh, like, really? Yeah, but it's such a shame yeah. because it 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 deserved a lot more attention, and especially its art style, right? Um, which at first glance doesn't seem that special, but the closer you look at it, the, the you realize this the absolute like care and precision that went into the design yeah. of that game, um, the visual design of that game. So I'm right. very I'm very pleased that it got some some love there. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the Game Developers Choice Awards, uh, Vader Immortal won. Best VR game? I don't know what that is. That is a Star Wars. Oh, uh, um, yeah. It's kind of a narrative uh, thing. It's, it has a couple episodes where you are like uh, an apprentice to Darth Vader. It's it's very branded. I, I oh, played okay. the first part. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. It's okay. Well, it won an award, so other people good for it, it. I guess better than fine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then the best mobile game went to what? The Golf. Hey, that's good. Cool. Hey. Yeah, it, it does. It is. I I played that on PC and it's available on console. Uh, but uh, I I didn't even realize that it was a mobile game. But of course, because it's just it's like Angry Birds controls. So like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it's, it's cool. I, I'm glad that like we were still able to have an award ceremony um, for yeah. you know these people, even though you know the GDC didn't happen. We had we had some friends of the show have a game up for the IGF awards, right? Yes. Anodyne 2. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, our pal Marina. Uh, yeah, it was, it was for the grand prize, which is a really um, amazing uh, uh, nomination for a yeah. game of that scope. Woo woo. So, what were these meetings like that you had, Mark? I know you still had some meetings uh, virtually with some publishers or. Whoever. Yes. So, this year um, I'm pitching Metro Nexus, uh, which longtime listeners know quite a lot about. Um, and, uh, I had set up a couple of meetings for GDC prior to the event. And as things were getting canceled, um, I was saying like, oh, I might still be in San Francisco. If that's true for you, let's, you know, let's keep, let's keep our meeting, but hold it somewhere else. And then, uh, some of those meetings were still on for a little while. And then GDC, uh, then training jam got canceled. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to be in San Francisco anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, more than one were like, oh, I still am. And then later was like, oh, I'm not either. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're just meetings over Skype. They're really not that different. But uh, I took uh, another meeting uh, other than those from um, someone t- selling a, pr- a service. And okay. so that was kind of interesting, a mm-hmm. localization service. Um, we're looking to, to add languages to Widget Satchel. 
And so I was like, oh, sure, I'll hear your pitch. So I got pitched too, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of interesting. I had to prepare more materials than I was used to mm. um, because it, it, there was, you know, I could, like I wanted to be more confident that I was leaving behind more of my pitch than I was giving. Okay. Um, and so my pitch deck was a little bit more detailed. Um, I put a little bit more time into the visuals of it. Um, and, uh, because I wouldn't have a print, any printed copies or like I, last year I did flyers for widget satchel and that was really, really effective yeah. uh, because I, I, they got to be relatively short, so they weren't demanding to read. Um, and then I included a thumb drive that had a build. And so it was kind of, it was a little package that I left. So it's kind of like just a, an oversized business card and that was really an effective tool. Um, but doing it this way was a little different. So like, I don't know, it's I'm still kind of new to all this anyway. So it's hard to know. Yeah. Like what? What is new because you're doing it remotely and what is new yeah. because it's just figuring out how yeah. this all works is confusing. <laughs> and, you know, interestingly, uh, I was pitching Widget Satchel last year and that went pretty well. We got a, an Eastern publisher out of it. But a lot of my conversations about Metro Nexus are very different. So Widget right. Satchel was a game that when I was pitching it, I was saying we don't need completion funds. The game isn't finished, but um, it's it, the scope is locked. So if you play the demo and you find it underwhelming, then thank you for meeting with me. Um, But, you know, we're not we're not going to expand the scope. I'm not interested in working another year on it. Um, I was very upfront about that. And Mm -hmm. and hopefully that was beneficial to those conversations. Um, But with Metro Nexus, it's a totally different story. I have a a, I'm I'm a little bit more interested in funding um, for myself and for other development help. Um, Metro Nexus is designed to, with these different art styles and all the different worlds and those uh, I want to hire artists to create them like a wide variety of people and so I need some money for that um, you know and um, I'm interested in doing online multiplayer which is something that is a much larger scope than I had planned originally for that game mm. um, but feels more if I'm going to make a budget I want to include that yeah um and uh and the, my timeline is much different is that game was certainly not going to be finished uh, in one calendar year it'll take longer than that um re- regardless of how well uh funded it is and so um i all the things i pitched about widget satchel like none of them are true for metro nexus or very few of them are mm. and so it it did feel like starting over and i that caught me off guard a little bit Okay. Um, it's I'm like, oh, I, I know how to do this. I'm getting better at this. And then somebody's like, oh no, everything is different. I, I have a to- it's a totally different conversation. Sure. Well, I, you do have a shipped game, right? Like you have a game shipped yeah. on Steam and shipped in Japan. Is it out in Japan yet? It's coming. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> it passed uh, law check. It's through. It's it's uh oh beautiful. It, it's waiting on you know a little marketing effort and uh, a button to be pressed. So okay, well that's Yay. good. Yeah, it's it's pretty well, close. Like, I, but that's like, news, you, I guess. But <laughs> well, the, those things you can use during your pitch deck to say, um, you know, you could say from the creators of Widget Satchel, and then they yes. can look it up and go, oh, this is a game that exists. And you can buy it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, think, <laughs> I think you're a little ahead of the curve in that way. No, you're you're absolutely right. That mm-hmm. was something that um, when writing my pitch materials, like how I present myself as a developer and how I present my my little studio as a studio, very different from how I did it in previous years. Whereas mm-hmm. in previous years, it was about uh, it's pitching it as a concept, it's yeah. pitching my myself as an artist and and my history in other media right. uh, because I have I have a, a career prior to games. That is uh, that's that's all of the all the notoriety I could convince somebody I have comes from that. Mm. So I need to leverage that in, in terms of pitching myself as a, as a, as a, you know, as a development studio uh, and, and to sort of tr- have someone trust in my capabilities. And that's still part of my pitch. And I think that's part of maybe what's unique about pitching myself as a developer. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's now, it's now not the main thing, right? Um, now it's like, well, I'm a real studio. We put out something and we put out the next thing now. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's much more, you see a lot of pitching advice that is like, make sure to like talk about your past work. And it's like most people Googling like tips on how to pitch publishers are like, don't uh, aren't are a little limited in that area. Right. Sure, and that was right. that mm-hmm. I, all of the sort of like rabbit holes I went down reading, like uh, there's GDC talks all over about this. And, and I do recommend people check them out because you get, just throughout osmosis, if you just take like, you know, watch like 20 of these talks and read hundreds of these articles and don't take anything as gospel, then you, you just know more about how it works, but it doesn't actually make you any more prepared necessarily to, to 
to operate in that theater, if that makes sense. Um, and so, uh, but but you gotta go. You gotta get through that part to get to the next part, I guess. Right. So I'm finally there. But yeah, yeah uh, doing it over over Skype is like I just like I'm sitting for three minutes before it starts, like at my desk, like thinking, okay, all right, well, am I calling them or are they calling me? Oh, I didn't <laughs> clarify. Um, okay, whatever. I'll just wait one minute past and call. Yeah. So that it doesn't <laughs> seem like I'm like on the dot. Like all those weird. Ner- none of it matters. But like yeah. you know. You're just sort of like, okay, I've got my, I got my glass of water here in case my mouth gets dry. I'm like, okay, everything's cool. <laughs> I, I, Dale knows not to rush in and, and interrupt me. Like, I yeah. turned the fan off, so it's not. It's like all those little. It's very much. Whereas at GDC, it's like you're in a noisy hotel lobby, and you're like, what, what? Uh, here's my okay, and then it's a great meeting. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that that makes sense. I can see. Yeah, I can see how it, it is very different, especially like you know comparing that to GDC. Yeah, um, yeah, it's quite a different piece. But like, I mean, ho- here's hoping something comes from those, and you've got more lined up, right? I've got more lined up, yeah. And um, I'm 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 optimistic. Uh, but a lot of this timing is uh, the fact that GDC is happening now, and yeah. so um, uh, you know, there are certain parts of uh, of Metro Nexus where I'm not super confident in the pitch um, that I that you that the that the publishers I pitch do. I have to I have to ask for a little trust on certain elements, sure. and then there are other components that are like proven and i and i i i it's up to me to describe all of the play testing and the you know all of the you know we did user testing like a lot of stuff about that game is like really solid and very pitchable but the scope of the game is a little bit bigger than that and so i also have to say but then these parts you just have to go with me on the journey right (laughs) and so um uh you know i'll by the time i'm done with these other meetings i'll be better at it uh, just in time to have not leveraged that better being better at it in any of the meetings. Um, but that's how it goes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And when, you know, when we talked to August last year about uh, uh, pitching to publishers, it was, I, I remember a lot of what he said about just how like, yeah, they're there to, they're optimistic too. Like you're not, you're not groveling before the feet of the King, you know, yeah. right. it feels, it really feels like that. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, and, but, they they want to work with you or they would like to work with you right and if they don't then it's not because you said the wrong thing mm-hmm. and it's not be and it's not necessarily that your project is bad it's like sometimes it's just not a right fit right yeah. and like that's that's not a failure that's actually a you know ultimately maybe you know if you'd rolled the dice differently you wouldn't have had that meeting and gotten that no but uh you could have had the best pitch in the world but it's like we're not doing those types of games now or we have one like it or uh your budget's too small for us or like your budget's too big for us or like yeah. you know whatever like our time zone is so far from yours that we just tend not to work with people and that you know little right. things like that you have no control over necessarily yeah um but and you have no idea what those things are right so the whole thing is crazy making yeah yeah so i don't but- re- i don't recommend it to anybody <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No um, meetings are good. Uh, they're just uh, stressful. They're, they're a little. It's a little nerve. It's a little bit. It's I, it, your your description of how all of that works reminds me of like dating. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you, you, you don't know you, whether or not this other person is gonna like you or not, but you have to put yourself out there. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, and you uh, have to be honest, but yes. you know they don't want to hear everything about you. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> like you don't you don't want to be. I mean, too honest is not the right phrase, but like uh, there is such a thing as like too much candor. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, um, yeah. It's 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 very much like that. Uh, it's a good comparison. <laughs> yep, game dev dating. Yep. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> hey, you know we have this feedback form thing. I don't believe you. Working. <laughs> no, it's I've really cool. never heard of it on the show before. No, yeah, it seems like something that you would have up. mentioned if it was a real thing, Stephen. <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. I just made it up. No, no, for real. It's this. It's, it's cool. It's nicegames.club/feedback, and you can give us uh, great feedback and help us improve the show. Uh, it's important. We want to iterate off of this feedback, so like we're looking for it. Uh, if you, uh, we we just updated our feedback form too with our fancy new website, mm-hmm. um, and so like you can give us a whole bunch of new information. Like you can tell us about you as a person and like we can uh, have a better understanding of who our audience is like if you want to detail your age and like how how much of the uh, game developer are you are you just a hobbyist are you looking to become a game developer those kinds of things be great to hear from so let us know what you think 
at nicegames.club slash feedback. All right, so other things happened last week. And yes. one of the things about our GDC episodes that we do is we talk about like the, the news that gets made, right? Right. And there was like less of that this year because there was like less of an audience for it where um, it started out like, oh, uh, we were going to do an event at GDC and then, oh, no, 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 we can't now. But like we still have news to announce. Yeah. And then later it's like, oh, no, no, we've decided not to announce anything. We'll we'll wait on it until it makes more sense. And with right. everything in the whole world topsy-turvy, uh, a lot of that will probably just go out as press releases. Uh, there'll right. be less of an effort. And so I, I'm interested to see like what games were going to be announced that didn't get announced. Because yeah. it's it's not just developer news. A lot of it is consumer and industry news that yeah. makes its way to mainstream games press. And uh, there seemed to be a little bit less of that right. uh, because people are busy right now. <laughs> well, and, and right? It, it makes sense, too, because like in past years with GDC, like everybody in the field is, uh, you know, is looking at GDC and wondering what's going to happen. And so, yeah. like, it makes sense to make announcements now because people are, you know, their ears are perked for such no news. But yes. uh, it's the, it doesn't make much sense in the, in the current environment to do that. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> um, Everything's up in the air. But two things did happen. Two big pieces of news happened that, that felt big enough to not bother putting away, I suppose. <laughs> um, and and uh, they're about the new consoles. So I'm excited uh, about it because I love yeah. new consoles. Um, Xbox Series X, the silliest name in Xbox history, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah, oh my is. god! <laughs> right. What is going on over there? Like, I don't hate it. Like, I, people make fun of it, and I, I don't think it's that bad. But like, it's it is silly. Like, it is. Like, I don't I don't mind that it's silly. I guess. But but they already did Xbox One X, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they were like, okay, someone asked this this question of them. There was Xbox One and then One S and One X. So this is the Series X. So is does that mean that this generation of Xbox is called the Xbox Series? And the person was like, oh, no, no. It's just Xbox. And this one is the Series X. And then the, the person was like, okay. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I guess I'm not confused, but okay. <laughs> like, it doesn't really. That's how you name it. Yeah. It's, it's- yeah. Um, but what I was referring to is, so the way they did this is they invited a bunch of press and uh, particularly YouTubers and streamers uh, um, uh, into the Microsoft Labs in this like carefully staged living room where they had a bunch of prototype elements out and they had uh, a running console and a bunch of uh, 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 like an exploded view of the thing. And then they just let them do their own YouTube clips in this space huh. and then sat down for an interview uh, at the discretion of that YouTuber. So it depended on how that that person wanted to con- to uh, um, construct their content. So it's kind of interesting, actually. So you saw a lot of press write uh, articles about this, and then you saw photos from this space. And yeah. then you actually just saw a lot of YouTube videos of this person wandering around like it was their living room. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> huh. um, well, that's but- really cool, too, because like, if you follow somebody whose opinion you tend to mesh with well, yeah. um, then like you could just see their content, and they'll be like, this is what's cool about the Xbox Series X. Yes. Yeah. And it's definitely a trend that companies are doing. Apple did something similar when they did the Mac Pro, the new Pro, like full, like tower Mac okay. uh, that, that people have been waiting for for seven years. Mm. Uh, they didn't send anything to any established tech press. They only invited uh, YouTubers uh, to come in, people who are already like Mac fans, yeah. uh, to do re- quote unquote reviews and love them, but like they're not qualified to review hardware at this st- at this at that level right and so what it does it, it kind of just seeds to a friendly audience so this is me being cynical about it but but microsoft's doing the same thing here where they invited a bunch of people who are enthusiasts right yeah, yeah. Like the enthusiast like not you know not the hard-hitting journalists of polygon which is like that in terms of the scale of hard-hitting journalists that's not the highest but right. like they take their work seriously yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, which isn't to say that you know a bunch of youtubers and streamers don't but they have a different goal mm-hmm. right and they're not journalists and they're not they don't claim to be yeah. and so it is kind of interesting to see some of them walk through all the tech specs and you can kind of hear the the bullet points from the press release just being like re said in in their voice um, and these this is not sponsored content um, so I'm a, a part of me is a little bit like mm, a little grumpy about it, but mm-hmm. it was cool to see a lot of the same information out. So people like, uh, you know, it was very well documented. Sure. Right. Yeah. Which is a far cry from what Sony did last week. <laughs> <laughs> 
At least Sony has like understandable naming scheme. I have to give them that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but they did a thing which was is a um, people saying it's supposed to be a GDC talk. Um, but uh, this is a thing they did for the PlayStation Four also as a, a video they released. Um, so I'm not sure how much different this is than what they were planning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called the Road to PS Five, and it was a, a system architecture breakdown. So when the PS Four was coming out. It was actually kind of an important thing for uh, to tell even consumers, which is to say, we all know that that you know the PS3 was hard to develop for, and it was supposedly a supercomputer, but it was very frequently underperformed Xbox uh, uh, 360 titles. So to gain your confidence, we'll get really into the nitty gritty on how we're building this PS4 to have like x86 architecture and familiar uh, development schemes and like ways to, just to sort of like let everyone know like how much different their hardware approach was this generation. Mm-hmm. So that's what that video was about, right? So the road to PS5 that they put out is Mark Cerny, who is the the um, the the sort of head of hardware. Uh, he's also a game designer, and so he's a little bit of a of a of a do it all, which is kind of cool that they yeah. have that someone like that. At, like he get really into the weeds, but also talking about big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just him giving a very very dry presentation uh, for an hour on the technical specs, and people were not having it. <laughs> they were just not interested. It didn't serve the same purpose as the PS4 one did, and so I think that's why people reacted to it a little differently. But also, people were hot on the heels of like counting teraflops. And of the Xbox Series X, <laughs> yeah, and like in you know, people don't know; they don't know what this means, and nor should they. And so they just like they just look at which number is bigger than the other number, mm-hmm. and uh, no amount of boring talk <laughs> will save them from that impression, right? Basically, yeah, yeah. I watched a little bit of it, and like Mark Cerny is he's he's very calming when he's talking in, yes. <laughs> in the video, which is really nice. Um, but like, yeah. Uh, I uh, am not a hardware person and did not understand most of what he was talking about. <laughs> I did understand the effects it had towards development, though. I thought that was I thought that was interesting. And so, like, I understood it from a game developer sort of perspective, but not as a computer hardware kind of person. I didn't understand any of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you watched a little bit of it. Yeah, just the smidge. Uh, Martha, did you see any of it? Uh, I did not get a chance. To. Did you have any interest? I mean, I still want, the only reason I want a PS4 right now is for Dreams, which I hope right. someday comes to PC. So, uh, I wasn't that interested in looking at either of the consoles actually because we just don't well, I, we just don't use some, them very much. Right. There is some relevant information there though, because like the PS5 is supposed to be backwards compatible. Oh, but, uh, but I, I think what had happened was they said during uh, this this video. That the PS5 was the like the top 100 games, most of them would be backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. I think, and then like, but then like they just, uh, I think they like described that incorrectly. They're basically yes. saying most games are going to be backwards compatible, including it, most of the top 100 games on the PS5. Yeah. So a, a fair amount of the presentation was Mark Cerny trying to preempt criticisms. Yeah. <laughs> so like, for example, the SSD in the Xbox Series X. Uh, is one terabyte, right? Mm-hmm. The one in the PS5 is 825 gigabytes. Uh, so he did a whole preamble about like, we want a big uh, hard drive so you don't have to reinstall. So we analyzed it and we figured this was the right number. We want to make sure we keep costs down. So it's this number. And yeah. like, <laughs> you know, really trying to like get ahead of the curve on some of these things. Um, and, you know, talking about how like teraflops don't matter. And like, I'm being kind of s- silly about it, but like, I buy most of his explanations. Mm-hmm. The, tr- the truth is the Xbox just raw computationally just has more power. It just does. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but they are different architectures in a way. Um, Sony's has, uh, they offload all the audio processing to a separate discrete, separate processing unit. Mm. And so um, that can take up a lot of, of, of power in, in high level games. So, but you know, it's, it's apples and oranges at a certain point. They're both going to be ridiculously powerful. Um, but the, um, the thing with backwards compatibility that was interesting to me was that uh, people didn't quite understand what he meant. And I did, but then I was like, oh no, I got it wrong Uh, because of uh, ultimately how convincing everybody's uh, take on it was. 
So in the presentation, he describes the, the like, oh, you know, we're running at such a higher clock speed, so some games are going to have some trouble with it. So we have this legacy mode. And I know what that is because on a PlayStation 4 Pro has what is called legacy mode for PlayStation 4 not Pro. And it's, okay. not, a, it's not a phrase they use in their marketing, but in the, on the development side, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I've, I've heard of that before. I've looked at some of the documentation. So I know what that means. That means right. that it just, it, 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 that's, so P- PlayStation 4 launch games will run perfectly fine on a PS4 Pro, even though a PS4 Pro is like, has three times as many teraflops, right? Mm. Or whatever. And so, um, you know, we, it, like Steven, you know this, when you write code, like you have some expectation of how it's going to be run. Right. And yeah. so you can't just throw hardware at it forever. And yeah. like, and it does better isn't always better right it can break things well it's like it's like all those games that are really old that ran on like clock speed had had yeah. parts had controlled game speed basically and so mm-hmm. now you try to play them on modern computers and they just go like infinitely fast because they're running right, yeah. <laughs> they weren't expecting to to have to have a clock speed that fast yeah mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you have done this, but I have definitely written code that uh, waits for something and it waits for it just in milliseconds because I know how long that thing takes. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> not, not because I w- want to run a series of checks like to really see if it, uh, like a bunch of callbacks and event listeners and stuff. Like, yeah. I, I'll do that when it matters. But sometimes I'm just like, this, uh, once this many milliseconds goes by, I know I'm good. So I'm yeah. just going to, this many milliseconds on a timer and just do it. Yeah. It's like perfectly fine. And you know, those are the kinds of things that can get messed with. Yeah. If, you know, and there's a lot of that in games, uh, because, and it's not being lazy. It's being efficient. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So, okay. So legacy mode. So he's describing legacy mode and it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I totally get it. So he's describing the PS five has a legacy mode for PS four pro and a separate legacy mode for PS4. And I'm like, oh, great. So pretty much everything will run, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says that one line that you that you mentioned, which is, yeah. we tested the top 100 and almost all of them work. So, right. but you know, we have to do case by case, we'll, whatever. And so everyone on the internet was like, are you kidding me? Less than 100 games are going to work with this thing? And yeah. I totally get why people thought that, right? Uh, like this, you know, some people were blaming it on it being a very dry talk, but frankly, I think he just wasn't clear enough. Yeah. But I was like, wait a minute, no, 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 it's everything is compatible, but like, but keep an eye on it, right? Isn't that what that means? Mm. And so I was like on Twitter and I like responded to someone like, did anybody actually watch the presentation? And then I went back and watched it and I'm like, oh no, I'm wrong. He clearly clearly says that there's some sort of certification system or it's like the, and so like I'm, I was definitely overstating it. And then their clarification was like, oh no, I kind of had the right impression. Oh, but so they definitely... They definitely didn't, wasn't very clear. Hmm. And part of that is because no one knows what legacy mode means, right? Yeah. Like, it's just because part of it's because it's dry, but other times it's like, make it clear what you're saying. And they, they didn't do a really good job of that. So, yeah. um, so legacy mode is basically emulating older, the older hardware? No, it, it, it's, um, I mean, it's like halfway between that and just running it normally. Mm. So, um, like, uh, PlayStation 1 games, uh, there was a PlayStation 1 emulator in the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4, right? Um, that is software emulation. Okay. Um, X, original Xbox games run on, uh, on Xbox One, I think through software emulation. But um, in the case of the PS5 and in the Xbox Series X, the backwards compatibility for the generation just prior is almost entirely because the architecture, the software architecture, is very, very similar. Mm. And so legacy mode basically turns off features and then artificially slows down things to provide an environment that is that would be similar if it was running natively. As far it. as I know, it's not a virtual machine or anything like that. I think that would probably be too much of an ask uh, for, for PS4 games. I bet yeah. PS3 games could do it at this stage, even though they're very complicated and weird. Um yeah so it's kind of yeah and they didn't really explain any of that <laughs> like right right mm-hmm. that's super interesting though it is and that that's why i like these talks like ultimately i like new hardware because i like new hardware like that and i, I will get it because it's great yeah. and, I, and i enjoy it but truthfully i'm much more interested in just learning about it mm. like i you know i mean if if like if i when the PlayStation 4 came out and I, I got one for Watch Dogs because Watch Dogs was going to be a launch title and then Watch Dogs got delayed by six months and it didn't bother me. 
because like i just kind of liked the new toy i suppose and so yeah. part of that is like reading the the manual and stuff like that and so um that was a big part of it martha you should take a look at this talk and freed from the knowledge that you have any consumer interest in it you probably quite like hearing the details okay. but i think you'd be into that sort of thing awesome um and mark cerny is like has this uncanny expression it's kind of enjoyable to to watch him talk it, it is though it really he's, is. He's very cheerful, but you're like, you gotta kind of have your hand on your wallet the whole time. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Mark, it's like, tell me when to give you money. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that like, it's like, uh, is he the most trustworthy person ever? Or is he the best liar on earth? Oh, like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's where you come from. That's that kind of, <laughs> he's kind of, I don't know if that's fair, but <laughs> he seems like a wonderful, wonderful person. Like yeah. for someone being in charge of the nerdy hardware part, he seems like um uh, like the kind of warm personality. He's just weird and nerdy, which is like also I can get behind. So yeah, it's it's an interesting talk. Yeah, I walked past him when I went to GDC. Yeah, uh, me and my brother did. We didn't mm-hmm. say hi or anything. We just <laughs> noticed him, and then me and Charles looked at each other like, "Is that Mark Cerny? Yeah, that's Mark Cerny. That's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome." <laughs> yeah. the, the the one really interesting part of the talk that um I won't be able to do justice for. Um, but I do want to mention is about the solid state hard drive. And that's something okay. that both X- Microsoft and Sony announced last year that their yeah. next gen is going to have that, that all shipping consoles will have an SSD and like PC gamers are like, who cares? And console gamers are like, why does this matter? Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people are like thinking like, well, they say it's, it matters. So it must be the most important thing ever. And it was, the talk really goes into why it's important. Like Microsoft has not done a good enough job explaining why having uh, much faster access to assets is going to be valuable in this next generation. Right. Um, like, you know, Steven, you and I, that the games that we make, you can load them all into Ram. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like <laughs> we don't, we don't need to worry about uh, read access so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we have ambitions perhaps to make games that, that are a little more demanding than that. But uh, to hear um, him talk about, like in Spider-Man, the one mailbox model you saw hundreds of times in New York City mm. actually was physically located hundreds of times on the Blu-ray disc because they like mathematically determined how far you'd have to seek as you traveled through the different blocked areas of the city. Mm. And they realized it was more efficient rather than have the Blu-ray disc keep going back to that one spot uh, to just make a copy of it near where it already was. And like that is like some voodoo, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. It's the opposite of deduplication, right? Which is what you normally want for when you're st- uh, compressing and storing assets. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, hearing him talk about that and saying like, and that changes game design, right? Right. Because I think when people say like, oh, it's going to be faster, so one number is bigger than the other, so faster is better. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that is has very little to do with the benefit that it's going to provide. And I think he gives a really compelling, makes a really compelling case for. Um, like uh, 3D games that uh, that came of age in the PlayStation One era um, and in the the sort of CD-ROM era of PCs, where the level design was such that you had sections and you had paths between, and you always went around the corner to uh, open a new area, and that became part of the philosophy of level design, partly because that was the way you could efficiently store data on a disk, right? Yeah. And so. When um, just to hear him talk about it and to look at like he does a he shows an old like an old PS1 game and he shows like an overlaid map and he's like games are still designed this way and saying like what if we did it in a what if we did we weren't restricted by that and what's funny about it is that game like indie game designers follow these philosophies even when they themselves the games they're making are not constrained Mm -hmm. by it it's because they're sort of learning from examples so that is. That, I found that very compelling. And yeah. um, if, if it's not making a lot of sense as I describe it, um, uh, dear listeners, go check out the talk and that section of it because, um, you know, who's to say if a lot of developers will take advantage? The SSD on the PlayStation 5 is actually quite a bit faster than the one that's going to be shipping on the Series X. And so uh, what might end up happening is that uh, cross-platform games are going to be using the least common denominator. So who's to say how many games will take advantage of the actual possibilities? of this but um it is kind of exciting right yeah and i don't make i don't make games at that scale so it's it's all it's all it's all just sort of like um theoretical to me and part of that is fun too yeah i mean that's the thing though is like they haven't announced any games and like at the end of the day well yeah uh, most people purchase a console for the game so like, not me if, but if, most if, people yeah <laughs> um so uh if you, uh, yeah, they haven't announced anything yet, so it's hard for me to be excited for it. 
Yeah. Uh, it's odds are I'm going to get it because there are a few games on the PS4 that I want to get anyways that I would like to be able to play. And I don't want to get yeah. a PS4 when the PS5 is coming out possibly this year, maybe next year. Yeah. Um, so Knowing like, that that backwards compatibility is there. And yeah. Xbox is selling its entire theory on this. They're saying like 100% of everything is going to run. Like they are making that a big selling point, which is part of why it felt like Sony stumbled so much because right. they didn't fully explain like like uh, Microsoft set the standard for this. They're like yeah. consoles are PCs now, and so yeah. if you if you, there's a, a game of meaning to buy, just like you're saying, like you can buy the next console and just buy PS4 games for it, uh, you yeah. know, or Xbox One games for it, and like that is a perfectly okay to do. And then you're just future proofed, right? Exactly. That's what, yeah. So that's what I want to do. But like I need to. I still want to. I don't know. There's not enough games that I'm excited for on the PS4 that I would yeah. want to play on the PS5. So I need to see what will be on the PS5 before I'm inclined to buy it at least in within the launch window you know yeah did, yeah, yeah did they talk about whether the vr like hardware and stuff would work with the ps5 yes oh. um they 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 didn't get into a lot of the details but they were they basically this was they were talking about the audio processing and and this sort of came up in that where the audio processing is a separate um uh chip and that is how psvr works um so the little if you've used psvr um, you you plug it into a little box and then you plug the box into your PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to power the box separately. So the Vive works like this too, but the Vive does it just as literally it's a pass-through. Like it doesn't actually do a lot. Of, it has a Bluetooth uh, uh, um, radio in it, but it doesn't really do much else. The little uh, PlayStation VR pass-through box actually has does audio processing for 3D audio because the PlayStation 4 would be choked by that. Um, and so... Uh, the PlayStation 5 has that separate audio processing in the console. So he was saying future PlayStation VR uh, headset or headsets will not require that, which might also mean that they may be cheaper. Um, oh, as nice. Accessory. Oh, um, that's okay. just me speculating, um, but it's sort of interesting. But yeah, it does seem like it's been a big success for them, so I can I, I can imagine that they want to keep that going. As right. to how much hardware revision they're going to do, because you still have to buy Move controllers, and those came out in 2010. So <laughs> it's true, it's yeah. like, they stuck with those. I don't know. Well, that makes yeah. it more compelling to me as well. Yeah, yeah. But like I was saying, like the con- the consumer story is the least interesting part of it to me. Like I'm gonna get one for just because I get these things. But like I, I just I want to know about them. I want to learn about them. That's that's yeah. the exciting part. Well, yeah, for sure. Like I, I I don't know that I don't think that the video. Well, I don't know. I guess um, it gave it gave the consumer some information. I don't think it was the information that. Play Sony fans might have been wanting because like, yeah, they want yeah. to know about the games. That's yeah. where people were coming from. Yeah, yeah, and I think actually when the PS4 video did have a little bit more on that front, it wasn't about that, but I think yeah. it did tease a little bit more mm. uh, than they did this time. And I think part of it is like no one's ready to announce things. Right, you know? there is like they were waiting for E3, which is also not happening. But that's yeah. a story for another time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Sony wasn't even going to be at E3, right? Before that's this. true. What are they? But they 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 still put on a show, right? They have a they have the PlayStation Experience thing. They do their but own. But that thing. happens at a different time, right? Or yes, does it happen yeah. during E3? Oh no, it happens at a different time. So maybe that I don't know what they were going to do. Uh. Huh. Man, so much has happened that like <laughs> I like these are things like I remember how what this is, but like mm, I don't know, yeah, unimportant information ultimately could, could be yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and tell all your friends, too. Uh, We don't get out as much as we used to, so uh, those messages are very nice to hear. And if you're interested in any of the topics we talked about on the episode, be sure to check out our website, nicegames.club, for more show notes and links to resources. We're making continual updates to the site. It just got a new uh, coat of paint. Uh, this week so hopefully you can take another peek at it and see how it's uh plugging along yeah if you took a look at it and we're like why is everything like kind of still under construction well now <laughs> it will look much better <laughs> thanks to mark <laughs> and now you'll see other things that are still under construction and now you at least get a sense of the progress yes. of it and <laughs> so you know that the, all those changes are coming in the future so yeah. it's, it's it's being built it's being built but uh, we're all busy right now mm-hmm uh, like with playtesting our games, we always want to hear uh, feedback on the podcast. Uh, you can do that by going to nicegames.club slash feedback. Tell us what you think. Steven goes through all those responses, yes. and it, uh, he's very emotionally invested in them. So yes. uh, if you're going to leave a message, make it a good one. Um, <laughs> get in touch with us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets game dev resources and pictures of cats 
Or you can also contact us by email at contact at nicegames.club. Ask us questions and give us suggestions for topics uh, because, you know, we are, uh, we've tooled the show a little differently for this new era we live in. Um, we'd love to try other new things. So yeah. s- send us your ideas. All right. Until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Yeah. Sorry, guys. My um, stomach is being very loud. Just a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you guys hear that? No, you. No, I didn't hear anything. Okay, sorry. Can we do that one more time? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, sure. T- uh, say something about mutazione. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.